welcome to the LGBT Consortium podcast. The Consortium supports LGBT plus groups, organisations and projects across the UK so that LGBT communities in need have access to the best support possible. This podcast series will be taking a deeper dive into the issues that matter to the LGBT community and finding out more about our members and the work they do. Hi everybody and welcome to the second Consortium podcast. My name is Helen Bowie, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm Head of Partnerships and Development at Consortium. Um, We're really lucky this episode to be joined by Chris Dania from AZ Magazine and Franco Stevens from Curve Magazine in conversation with one another. AZ Magazine is an online publication which seeks to create a platform that not only allows queer, trans and intersex people of colour to showcase their talent, but also addresses the issues that are faced within those communities. Franco is the founder of Curve magazine, uh, which was the most successful lesbian magazine in the world in the 1990s. She's also founder of the Curve Foundation and star of Ahead of the Curve, a documentary which chronicles her amazing adventures with the magazine and her journey to understand what queer women need today. So, um, a massive welcome to Chris Dania from AZ Magazine, uh, AZ Mag, um, and Franco from Curve Magazine and the film Ahead of the Curve. Thanks for having me, Helen. My name is Chris Dania. I'm the editor-in-chief of AZ or AZ Mag, depending on where you're based. Um, we're an online publication for LGBTQ plus people of colour, mainly based in the UK, but we are a global magazine as well online. Uh, we also have social events and we also have a, so in 2020, we launched a fund to award five LGBT creatives with a thousand pounds to do a project of their choice. And this year we'll be relaunching that later this year. So yeah, that's me. Thanks for having me. I'm Franco. Um, I'm the founder of Curve Magazine, which is, let's see, the 34, five-year-old magazine that started in the 90s geared towards uh, lesbian women. And now I'm the co-founder of the Curve Foundation, which is a nonprofit in the United States to uh, further the, the advancement of lesbian, queer women, and um, LGBTQ women and non-binary people. Um, of all color sizes and shapes here in the United States and hopefully around the globe. Fantastic, thank you. And I think the first thing that I would be really interested in hearing more about from both of you is what inspired you to set up um, publications as a way of facilitating activism and bringing community together. Um, So, I think for us at AZ, initially the idea was actually just like a blog. I, I think at the time, like Tumblr was quite big. Um, so we were just going to do a blog and it was going to be like really low key. And then it kind of turned into something else. So I remember we went to Pride in London in 2015 or 16, I can't remember now. Um, and we spoke to a lot of people within our community and they were like, oh, it'd be great if we had a publication to tell our own stories. So after speaking to people and you know brainstorming, we decided that it would be better to have you know, our own domain, our own website, to be able to share stories from within our community ourselves. So essentially, like for us, by us, in a in a sense, 
basically to amplify the voices of people in our communities. They weren't being shared within mainstream media or um, in other like, I guess, kind of mainstream queer um, publications in the UK anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's like where it all came about. And then it kind of just took off, which is incredible. Um, and we've been around for about six, seven years now. Honestly, I've lost track of time. I don't know what year it is. Um, we just wanted something for people, LGBTQ people of colour to feel like they were being seen in the UK. I think we've always obviously always been here and there were publications long before us. There were activism groups in London and all over England and the UK. But I think for like my generation, there wasn't really much outside of like going to clubs and bars and stuff, which is great because obviously that is how we built community. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are like sober now and, you know, they're not really into all of that stuff. So we just wanted something that was just a little bit different and yeah, just just for, for the community. And since then, there's actually been quite a few publications that have sprung up or like, you know, um, collectives in London mainly that have sprung up since we um, launched AZ. So I think it's been, I think it's been a big success. I think that's super inspiring. I really like love your story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking back at my own story, it's like I started Curve Magazine because I wanted it. You know, it was almost in a selfish way. It's like, why is not, you know, why isn't somebody doing this? And then I was like, oh, well, you know, if you complain, you get nowhere. Yeah. And if you can, you know, take a little risk and, you know, do what you want to see done, then maybe something will change. So I applaud you on that because, you know, looking back at where I was in the 90s, you know, there was really no publications at all, uh, except for on our backs, which was, I don't know if you're familiar with the magazine, um, but it's like a lesbian erotica magazine, but there were no publications that had, you know, the women's point of view. There were no magazines that said uh, lesbian or queer women, period. And, uh, you know, people thought I was crazy, but time worked differently back then. And that's what I'm so intrigued with your work is because things happen now, you know, we used to go like, Right now, we'd be planning for a magazine that was like, I don't know, eight months in the future and writing articles eight months in the future. Obviously, that doesn't work anymore. And you need to be, you know, on it every single day. You need to be, you know, I was looking through your your feeds and, you know, it's not even every every day. It's every, you know, nanosecond something changes and you need to be abreast of that because you are a voice for the community. And it's... Yeah really impressive thanks um, it's quite difficult actually to be honest um the internet moves too fast I think and I don't know how a social media manager does it so Sage is our social media manager and they kind of keep on top of all of that stuff and you know I send them things on whatsapp or email so even like them keeping up with me is is it's it's insane um I think 
So when we first started, I think things were a little bit slower. So we all work full time. So I have, I've always worked full time outside of Bayz and so does everybody else in the team. So we all have day jobs essentially. Um, and when we first started, it was a little bit slower. Like we had articles sporadically, but then we had more events. So it was okay because we were still in the community and we were still visible and still amplifying people. But then as time went on, and then obviously in 2020 with COVID, we started to churn out more content and more articles, but it's not just articles, it's it's um, it's video as well. And that takes time and you have to record and sit down with people. Then you've got to like email brands and be like, hey, can you give me X amount of money? Um, when I was watching the documentary, which I can't remember the name of now. Ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve, sorry. <laughs> um, I found it so interesting when you all were speaking about the advertising issue and I was just like so nothing's basically changed because I have the same problem constantly saying to people like oh why won't such and such work with us or what will happen is I'm not going to name names but I will I will get emails from people on the the end at the end of May or on the first of June who are suddenly like oh it's pride month do you guys want to do this and I'm like can't I can't do this in three days or a week and stuff um, so that was that part of the film really resonated. I mean, it all resonated with me, but that part really resonated with me because it was like, so the frustrations that I feel, other people have felt this, not that not that much has changed. Um, so basically just keep going essentially. Um, but yeah, we have to, the new cycle is just insane. So we, we do have to like get on it. If I can't commission somebody to write an article in like two, three days, then we just forget about it or just put a social media post up. But it sometimes can be really frustrating if I'm being honest. Um, I wish there was more time to share things and do them properly, essentially. I, I can't even imagine. It's like, we felt like we were on such a time deadline. It was like people working all hours of the night and now it's like you wake up and you see what posts you missed and you're you know just give me like a ton of anxiety <laughs> something um that you have both touched on in the documentary and Christania just now um around the difficulties with advertising and with funding how that relates to the work that both AZ Magazine and Curve Foundation have done with sort of setting up funds for other activists. Um, and if there's there's anything you'd like to share about those experiences, I think that's something that would be really interesting to maybe talk a little bit about. So I'm in a totally different position now because the Curve Foundation gives back. We don't... Um, we're not always struggling for funds. We basically take money and fund telling queer women's stories. It's amazing. Um, our two first projects are, we have um, a cohort of Curve awardees um, where we give them a financial grant and they get to uh, you know, dive into our archives, but they also get learning uh, tools you know, they get training and they're all journalists. And we do that with the um, NJGLA, the National Association for Queer Journalists that's based uh, in the United States. So the first cohort was for emerging journalists. So they're all new, either new in their field or um, new to journalism in general. So approaching 
different angles. So like we have a, a sports writer, somebody who writes for Sports Illustrated, you know, they're covering sports from a, a queer perspective, which is amazing for a major news outlet here. Um, we have a science writer. Um, we have a um, in Instagram sensation. Um, so not media in all the traditional senses of, um, you know, the curb days. And then the other award, the other project we've been working on is archiving the 30 years of Denuvian Curve magazines so that anyone can search them for free anytime they want. Right now, we are at the point where we have all the issues up, but you have to go into each issue to do a search. So, you know, if you were looking for an article from you know, a specific year, you had no idea. You couldn't just type in Google and come up with the curve article on, you know, that person, which is very archaic. So it's been really, really exciting to see like the the progression <laughs> of starting something new again um, at this stage of my life. And we want to use it to amplify the voices of the women and, and non-binary people in our community. I think that's amazing. Um... That's really cool. I hope we can do something like that one day. So for us, so giving back to the community at AZ basically wouldn't have been possible without the community and without the generous generosity of allies. So in 2020, in the summer, we launched a GoFundMe to kind of help keep us afloat for a little while, but also help, as I mentioned, 10 Black LGBTQ plus creatives who wanted to do a project. Um, so we raised, God, I can't remember now. I think we raised 25K, which was way more than we initially wanted to. Um, it was just incredible. Like the, the outpouring of support was just nothing we could have imagined. Um, so yeah, so we did that in 2020. And then later in 2020, we launched the AZ Creative Fund and people put in their applications for what they wanted to do. And it was incredible to just read about people's projects and what they've been dreaming about, you know, the aspirations that they had. I wish we had more money to be able to support more people to get their projects off the ground because there's, there's nothing worse than like having like a great idea, but basically not having any money. Like people who can, who are able to just fund projects themselves are really, really lucky because some people just can't do that. Um, so yeah, so we did that and we're gonna do it again this year. So hopefully um, we get even better applications. If anyone's listening, you know, please put in an application when you see it, but it's incredible to be able to just support our community in that way. I do wish we could do something like a hardship fund. I know a lot of queer people, especially queer POC, in the UK specifically have been struggling since the pandemic with housing, employment, um, that kind of stuff. There are a lot of cuts in the UK, which are just insane. Um, and the government's not really doing anything about it. And without charities or just, you know, different organizations, a lot of queer young people specifically wouldn't be able to get basic needs. Um, so I do wish AZ could offer something like that or maybe work with someone or something like that in the future. Me saying it out loud, putting it into the, universe so yeah I love that and I love the idea that yeah saying it out loud is putting it into the universe so yeah like you've both achieved so much and have such a rich history um and I think sometimes it's easy to talk about like where the challenges lie but I would really like to hear like what the highlights have been the things that have happened that either you 
personally have found to be a real highlight or that the community have given you really strong feedback on and the moments that spark joy I think are every bit as important as the challenges that we overcome. The main thing that has brought me joy which is going to sound really odd is hearing about couples who have met at AZ events so we used to host an event called AZ Hub which was a sober space that we had once a month god was years ago now once a month on a Sunday and the number of people that have come up to me and been like oh yeah I met my partner at AZ Hub I'm like that is so random but it's actually really really nice and it does it does make me really happy um, and also having we've had a lot of events where people where musicians have performed for the first time so then like they'll you know it's great to see them go on and do massive festivals or you know bigger gigs or get flown out to the US or like other countries that's been really great it's, it's nice to see people's growth um, and to know that we had like a little bit to do with it which is really cool I love that Franco are there any curve couples that you've heard about Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, we, in a couple capacities, like we used to have a, a curved dating site. And, you know, back before the internet, you know, it was pretty darn hard to meet somebody. I, I, I don't know if it made it into the movie, but like we had this um, curve personals that was, you'd send in a letter, literally you're all going to laugh at this. You'd send in a letter to curve with your advertisement and it would say, you know, whatever your 250 characters was. And a couple months later, we'd print the magazine. And a couple months later, people would get the magazine. And then they, women who might think, oh, this is intriguing, I should respond, would send a letter to us. And then we'd collect those letters and we'd forward them to, you know, the, the person who had originally put in the, the advert. And uh, so you were looking at like, minimum six months before you got a reply. It sounds so crazy right now. And then when we moved to a digital platform, it was like there was not really sites that were catering towards uh, the women's community. So a lot of people met on that and shared their stories with us. And we, uh, with Curve Magazine, we did events too, because it was a great way to unite the community. And so people met that way. and. Those stories always just make me feel so, so good. Yeah, that's so cool. The personals thing is really, really cool. I love that. We should bring that back. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people Can you would imagine waiting like eight Six months? months for... <laughs> um, and there's no photos. Oh, yes, yeah, so you don't know what they look like. <laughs> oh. I, I think for me, the most impactful thing that's happened to me was, you know, was helping people. And um, when somebody comes up and says, you know, you changed my life or you actually, you know, saved my life. I thought I was alone. And, you know, because of Curve, I realized that I was not alone. And, you know, uh, hearing that just whatever hardships that I was going through at the time just made everything worthwhile. Um, you know, and, and when they were making the movie ahead of the curve, I'm like, who's going to want to watch this movie? Like, why do people care? You know, I think it's, it's a thing of the past. And um, when we had our opening 
show, which was during the pandemic, and they, Rivka and Jen decided to do the movie in a drive-in, which hadn't really been done at that point. And they did it outside of San Francisco, like, I don't know, an hour away. I'm like, nobody's gonna come to this. And uh, they sold out with 2,500 cars and two screens. And I was like, what the heck? You know, like that is, that is incredible. And, you know, hoping that I've pushed you know, our communities forward a bit really, um, really makes me feel good inside. And I realized that there's so much more work that we have to do, um, you know, and I, I know that without partnerships, those that work can't be done. It's like, if we don't come together as a community, um, you know, I think that's, that's our biggest downfall at, at this point is that we have so much collective power yet we're like all scrambling for a little piece of the pie that, you know, if we realized our collective power, then we could just do so much more. I That's totally agree with that um, point about collective power. Um, I find that a lot of people are very individualistic these days. Obviously I can't speak before, but I found that, and I find that really frustrating because I will always put someone forward with something if I can't do it. You know, if somebody's looking for someone from a West African background and I'm like, oh, well, I'm Jamaican, like, but this person is great, you should email them, then, you know, I'm giving someone else in my community an opportunity that I, you know, don't need or, you know, isn't relevant to me. And I think people should be more open to collaborating with people and sharing opportunities and just being more understanding as well. Um, I think at the moment the world is quite divided, but it's always been like that. I think the, the internet just makes it feel like the world is quite small. Um, but I think as like a community in terms of us being queer, like queer and trans people, I think if we uplifted, uplifted each other a little bit more, that would be great. But everybody wants to kind of stay in their own little pockets, which I guess in a sense, people want to feel safe with people that they are familiar with and cultures and stuff, which I totally understand. Um, but I, I completely agree with you. I think we need to definitely come together more because there's a lot of, there's a lot of opposition from the wrong people. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of fragmentation. That the community is quite fragmented for lots of different reasons. But watching the documentary Head of the Curve was actually really inspiring for me because it reminded me that there were people before me doing this work. There were people before you, Franco, doing the work as well. And it's just great because it's like, okay, we need to carry on. We need to plow on. I think that for queer and trans people like we've been able to get quite a lot of we've been able to make quite a lot of progression over the last couple of years but there is still a long way to go and I think a lot of things have been pulled back as touched on in the documentary about legislation specifically in the US that have come into place to take away rights from queer and trans people um, it's the same thing here um, and it's quite scary um, it is very very scary actually but yeah, I think there's there's lots to do. And not everyone is an activist in that sense, but I think that we can all do our little bit. Like if you don't feel comfortable going to a protest, you can donate if you have the time or you can just share, or you can just talk to somebody about it because there's always going to be someone in need of something. I think that's such a really important point about what you said. If you don't feel comfortable, you know, 
helping or acting out in a certain way that there's different ways that you can you can get involved you know it's so important that people are just like well you know i couldn't possibly do that because of my family or i couldn't be you know exposed that way or you know i have kids so i can't do that but there is a way that you know each person can take a stance with, with in their own capacity you know i think that's so important what you just said absolutely and i think people are thinking about their safety and the pan like getting covid for instance but there is always something small you can do it might be speaking to your parent or a sibling or a colleague or anybody about something because just sometimes it's just the right place at the right time if that makes sense um you just you just never know you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who's who you're going to impact um not to change people's minds or anything but just to maybe sometimes plant a seed thank you um so i've just got a couple of things that i think it would be nice to sort of wrap up with the first thing I think it'd be really interesting to hear from both of you is like, what is the one most important thing that you have learned from your experiences and um, that you would like to share? Okay, I think the one thing I've learned from my experience um, is something that Christiana, uh, you know, talked about too, is that one person can make a difference regardless of, you know, you don't have to have money per se, you just have to have an idea and some dedication and a commitment to want to see things differently. Like I was tired of complaining that nobody started this magazine, um, that I didn't have enough community around me. And I mean, I took it a little extreme by starting a magazine and a, uh, and, uh, a not-for-profit, but you know, I think that the biggest thing I think of is that, um, you know, if you want something done, see how you can help make a change. Right. So just to piggyback off basically what Franco said, I'm just going to say, just do it. I think the main thing that I've learned is a lot of things start outside of your comfort zone there's a lot that I've learned about myself personally and professionally since starting AZ and I don't think I could have gone on that journey of self-discovery had I not just jumped and just said oh we're just gonna do it let's just do it we've never hosted an event before let's just do it what's the worst that can happen and then the worst does happen but you learn from it and you evolve and then the second event that you do is 10 times better um yeah I think that would be my main thing Amazing, thank you. And then one last question. Um, if you could imagine 10 years from now, what impact do you wanna see from the work that you're doing today and have done so far? So in 10 years, I would like to see the work that I've done um, inspire others to continue um, to fight for equality and inclusion for our communities. And um, hopefully in 10 years, the, um, the Curve Foundation will be fully ramped up. We'll be able to support and help a lot more dreams come true. Um, you know, as far as the film goes, I hope that in 10 years, the ahead of the Curve film is shown in, uh, you know, in schools all across the world. Um, in, I hope that it's shown 
for um, companies um, that are hopefully embracing all their diversity under their, um, their corporate veils, so to speak. And, uh, you know, mostly just hope to inspire other people to, to continue to do amazing things. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> um, I want people to know that they can request um, to have a showing of ahead of the curve uh, for their, their, um, their workplace or their school. And um, yeah, let's, let's get that film out there. Absolutely. It is a brilliant film. Um, obviously, Christania has seen it and I have seen it. It's wonderful. Um, consortium members can access uh, the screener request forms through us, but we will also share the link to the main website for anyone who's not a member. Um, and I would really encourage people to use the film as a way to create a space to come together through a screening as well. I think it is, um, it's a really great opportunity to do that. And thank you so much for, for joining us to sort of talk about your experiences in general, but also touch on a lot of things that the film goes into more detail on. Thank you so much. Um, I think for AZ, well, for me, I think in 10, well, in 10 years, I would like us to actually have a print edition of AZ magazine. We've never done that. So that would be incredible. I'd like to do that sooner rather than later, but within the next 10 years, I think that would be a great goal. I think seeing all the curve editions on the website was actually really inspiring because as I saw the years go on and on, I was like, this is, this is incredible. And it's actually insane that Franco, you and your friends and your colleagues did that amount of work for so long. It's really inspiring. Um, so yeah, so that's that's given me a bit of a push actually. So yeah, in 10 years, I'd love us to have a print. I'd also love us to be able to continue to support our community in any way that we can. I'd love for someone else to be in the position that I'm in now at AZ and continuing that work. And hopefully, having some sort of physical space for our community to congregate I think that would be great actually you never know what could happen but definitely want younger queer people of colour to feel like they are represented and that they feel that they're important and part of the world and you know part of the community so yeah thank you thank you both so much I think you both said so much about the work that you have done and it seems like there's a lot of resonance between like the experiences you've both had you've both done such amazing stuff um and i'm sure that people will be really excited to hear about it a huge thank you again there to our guests christania and franco if you'd like to find out more about either of our guests and the magazines and films that they're involved with, you can do so on their websites and their social media. You can find AZMag at azmagazine.co.uk and at azmaguk on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can find out more about the Curve Foundation and Ahead of the Curve at www.thecurvefoundation.org and www.curvemagmovie.com 
You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at CurveFDN. If you're interested in hosting a community screening of Ahead of the Curve, then you're very welcome to get in touch with me directly on helen at consortium.lgbt. Thank you again, and it's been a real pleasure to hear from Bristania and Franco, and I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the LGBT Consortium podcast. You can find more about what we do from our website, consortium.lgbt, and on social media at LGBT Consortium Everywhere.